There's that damn clap in the <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Midweek Athlete Pod. Uh, we have another special guest in the building. Yes, we do. We have another special guest. He's the co-host of the Not Your Weekly Sports Podcast, which is also on Spotify, so make sure y'all check that out. He's a Travis High alum, yes, and he's one of the smoothest lefty scorers I've seen in my lifetime. So give it up for our boy Vala. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Appreciate y'all having the best five foot ten left-handed Iranian hooper in the city. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie. And I know Keith not here to defend himself. He used to give Keith the Bucket. business. Oh, my God. It was tough. Yeah, he had me on the cross-country track, but on the court, it was a different story. <laughs> Keith, if you're listening to this episode, I'd love to rekindle this basketball rivalry. <laughs> used to give that man work. Oh the my blues. God. I'm sprints, but I'll do everything else. <laughs> Got you. All right, let's 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 jump right into it. So the reserves are supposed to be announced tomorrow for the NBA All-Star Game. So... Uh, just a reminder, the starters are for the West are LeBron, KD, Jokic, Luka, and Shea Gilgis. And for the East, we have Giannis, Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Dame, and Tatum. So we're going to predict the next seven. So special guests, you go first. You can start East or West, my brother. So just to preface all this, I want to ask you guys a, a question before mm-hmm. we get into the reserves here, which needs to be asked before every All-Star Game announcement. Mm-hmm. The process that they pick these all-stars, right? Yeah. So, as Kyle, not Kyle Korver, I'm thinking of the wrong white basketball player. As JJ Reddit <laughs> pointed out on his podcast, yo, it, it's harder than ever now to make an all-star game. No, it, it is. is right? Yeah, for sure. It is. The expansion of the league, the 15-man rosters, the two-way capabilities that we have. You have about a 5% chance as an NBA player to make an all-star game today. Whereas in the 50s and 60s, you had a 25% chance. Yeah. In, in the 80s, you had a 17% chance. In yeah. the 90s, it was down to about 12. Mm-hmm. And now it's harder than ever. So I feel like the snubs are going to be deeper than previous deeper, lists. Yeah, For sure. Deeper than ever. For, For sure. sure. And, and there's going to be some guys that we don't make on there. But before we get into that, is there anyone in the West you guys think didn't deserve a starting gig in the starting five, the five best, most Capable players in the Western Conference. I do. LeBron James. <laughs> you wait. You don't. LeBron think? James. You're saving that bullet you for the episode. I, I have been LeBron James. What? Look at the West starters. SGA. You you gonna put Steph in front of him? One of the five best players in the world. You got and then at the two. Who's the other? Luca. 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 You're not taking Luca out. No. And then your front court. You've got KD, Jokic, Bron. Okay. Braun is the least deserving out of those five. Oh, my. Based off of his year, he's not even having the best year of the Lakers on his own team. That's Anthony Davis. He's – look, I, I look at this table of hosts here that I have in front of me. The highest level of sports you guys have played in Texas yeah. at the 5A varsity level and beyond. Y'all are capable, intelligent athletes – but, Alan, I don't hear any lies in any of what you said. Thank you. Thank you. The greatest player in NBA history. I mean, the greatest player in basketball, okay. right? I mean, these are smart listeners. The fans are students of the game. Mm-hmm. And you guys are the teachers. You have responsibility to, to pass that truth on to them. Correct. The greatest player in the history of the game in his, what is this, year 20 now? 20. No, 21. 21. 21. 21. Yeah. 39-year-old man is slowing down a little bit. 
right? He's not able to play both sides of the basketball anymore. The way not he defensively, used to. for not sure. Not defensively. I mean, LeBron, LeBron yes. used to be, by all measures, the greatest safety in the history of basketball. For I sure. Call Agreed. Agreed. And when you lose that capability almost entirely defensively because he has to preserve that energy, mm-hmm. it's going to kind of weigh sway the balance one way or the other in terms of who you can get uh, to maximize your three spot in mm-hmm. the West. So mm-hmm. if we're going to start somewhere, I think LeBron would be the weakest link. So snubs, blame Daddy LeBron for it. He's working your next CBA <laughs> agreement, so I'm sure you're not going to lie. Him nope. and Chris Paul. Number one reserve right off the bat, guys. I think the guy who's most deserving of this spot has to be the guy playing for arguably the best team in the league. That's Anthony Edwards. For, for sure. For yeah. sure. I think it's safe to say we all got Anthony Edwards. Ant-Man is definitely Edwards. on yeah. all the lists. For sure. Oh, yeah. we're, I think we're mostly going to be together on like the first five reserves. Oh, yeah. And the last two so. might be switch-ups. Devin Booker's my other one. I have Devin Booker. The yep. most prolific two-guard, probably the most versatile scorer in the mm-hmm. game. Uh, He dropped a Kardashian to better himself so he didn't get (laughs) trapped down. So by all measures, Devin Booker is versatile in the ways he's able to succeed. (laughs) Those two, I think, are locks. Now it starts to get a a little bit, you know, I think we might start going back and forward here. Kawhi is my third guy simply for the reason that he's finally showing that he can stay on the court. For the first time in, what, five, six years? Five years. And doing it not only at an elite level, but the Clippers are winning, guys. The Clippers are the hottest team in basketball over the last 20 games. After this initial James Harden experiment was a little questionable, but here they are, and Kawhi Leonard's the best player on that team. So I had Mm -hmm. him on there as well. And then my last, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Anthony Davis is the best player on the Lakers, so he he's going to get on there. And how weird for the Lakers to have two All-Stars but still battling for a playing spot. Right. Paul George. Speaking facts. I, yeah. PG. I'm no. going to bring PG into the fold as well. Again, okay. you know, the second best player on this Clippers team. Still a 25-7-5 guy anywhere you split it. Mm-hmm. My last two, you guys are going to disagree with both of these. If you're smart basketball fans, these are passion picks for me. Okay. Stephen Curry. Mm-hmm. Same I want to see Steph play in the All-Star game. I don't mm-hmm. think he's the most deserving, but he's still Steph fucking Curry. Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, Houston, you make me so happy. <laughs> Sengun. Sengun. Alpi, man. man. You man. talk about a center on this roster that can make the game fun, that can push sure. the pace, that can mm-hmm. play with these guys. And by the way, is having by all metrics advanced numbers a top fifteen season? Mm-hmm. I gotta throw an H town guy in the mix, man. Now, the co- I have a question for you. Do you think that Singoon? This is a year early for Singoon that he might be one of those guys that has a breakout year, but he doesn't make the All Star team, and they put him in next year. I think the league will. Okay, they okay. will end up doing that. However, I think Singoon is a year late. This guy, we're going to do more on Shingun when we get to the Rocket segment right. of this podcast, but 18-year-old kid who is the MVP of the third best basketball league in the world, in the, the Turkish world, league, yes. playing against grown men mm-hmm. who just got buried, unfortunately, by a poor uh, valuating talent front office in the Houston Rockets. Agreed. And now that he's been forced Fair into point. this role, here we go. You have NBA players. You have NBA stars mm-hmm. calling mm-hmm. him Baby Jokic. These aren't mm-hmm. fans. These aren't Turkish people. No. This is Paul George on his podcast. Mm-hmm. This is JJ Redick on his podcast. Correct. This is LeBron talking about him in post-game interviews. Mm-hmm. Alperin Shangun's here, but Alan, I do agree with you that the narrative is going to be one year away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Evan. You could go next. All right. So, Vala, I mean, we're actually kind of spot on. So, smart man. My reserves, I have... I think it was safe to say Anthony Edwards is is definitely a reserve. For sure. I have Anthony Edwards, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Devin Booker, and then my last two, 
I have Steph as well, but I also have Lori Marketing. Ooh, I haven't heard that one. Deserving. I have I have Lori Marketing in in that. So my so my snubs are obviously Kyrie, Zion, Bi, Sabonis, Cat, and then Al. Wait a minute, did you yeah. say Zion? I did. And Brandon Ingram. They're both they're both averaging at least twenty one a game, but. Obviously, they're not playing a lot of games. But, I mean, you, you can, like I said, you can sway it either way. No matter who you put in that, somebody's going to catch a snub. I agree. So, I was I was stuck between Al P and Laurie, but I just feel like Al P, I mean, he's he's right there. He is right he's there. He's right there. But I feel like Laurie, most improved player, like he's, obviously, he was, uh, wasn't he a starter last year in last year's All-Star game? Not a no. starter. Uh, he I made the team. But, but, but he made it. So, like, yeah. I mean, he's he's averaging twenty five and eight, so I'm, I'm. It's just he's in Utah. I know. Like, That's who watches tough. the Jazz? But 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 the thing is, if yeah. if if Al P was in Utah, who would watch him in Utah? Exactly. Have you guys so, seen? Have y'all like been to a Jazz game in that stadium? My wife has. I'm Eat not it. going to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a lot of white people. <laughs> really is. <laughs> Lori Markkinen in that city, a yeah. seven-foot-tall white guy who can stretch the court, must be a god. But, Alan, yeah, I mean, in the NBA market, playing for the Jazz, and just kind of now breaking out of the scene like mm-hmm. Lori has. I mean, mm-hmm. y'all, we're three years removed from him being a constant yearly trade block rumor guy for the Chicago Bulls. Correct. And now he's evolved his game to be the prototypical perfect big in a pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop scheme. Big. yes. Absolutely. Where would y'all want to see him? Him? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's one of those guys. You don't know what Utah's I, gonna do. If you if if you asking me honestly, I w- I wouldn't mind seeing him in a Rockets uniform. No, send him to Brooklyn. Send him to Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Brooklyn needs a big. They need somebody that can That's stretch, that point. can handle yeah. it. They got Bridges. Mm-hmm. You got Spencer Dinwiddie winning your one. You got Cam Thomas getting buckets off the bench. Brooklyn would be the spot. It'd be a nice compliment like to Claxton's defense as For well, sure. kind of hiding those blemishes of marking in the front Because he's not strong enough. Nick is just – he's frail. He's yeah. a frailer guy, but yeah. he's athletic and he can get up and down. Yeah. Um, Who you got, Wes? I have Your reserves. Ant-Man, mm-hmm. Devin Booker, AD, Steph, mm. Paul George, mm-hmm. last one, De'Aaron Fox. Okay, so we're close. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox, we're, by we're all close. measures, if you're being objective about this, needs to take Steph's spot on my list. I mean, the, he's given you, what, like 30 and 8, and he's been... It's, uh, it's 27 and 8. He's yeah. been a yeah. problem defensively, yeah. well, too. He's, he's been awesome. As yeah. we saw when they played the Warriors this last week, he kind of put the clamps on Steph late in the game. He and did. I feel like there's moments in the season... That if you take snapshots of an NBA season and remember, you know, this is the reason this team made it here. Mm-hmm. This is the reason this player got X accolade or Y accolade or career accomplishment. I think that's one of those moments when we look back mm-hmm. in the award seasons upon us that you look at De'Aaron Fox and say, mm-hmm. is the mantle being passed? You know, Steph's 35. He doesn't look like the Steph of a couple years ago. Even though he's still having an all-star capable right. season, and y'all about to say he's still dangerous. Yeah, he is. That, that's the crazy. These thing. guards in the West, man, it's just getting better and, and better, better and better mm-hmm. every year. So I don't. Steph might only make maybe one more all-star game. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's how deep two. it is. He's that got is the respect of the coaches. I think he'll get in on this year's. Oh list, yeah, though. yeah, he'll get in for sure. Especially since he's having that three-point shootout with Sabrina. Yeah, they gonna put him in the game. All right, um, so let's East. Let's, Let's switch over to the East. So, Vala, who are your seven reserves for the East? I think they actually got the East right. 
Do you guys I have anyone? So. Oh, for sure. It, 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 no, they didn't. You don't think oh, they got actually, the starting lineup you know, right? Dame. You know, yeah, I was about to say, I apologize. Interesting. Yes, so because I'm, Dame shouldn't be on. Let me guess Sorry. who you guys have over Dame. I'm going to assume you all have Jalen Brunson. I do. Yeah, yeah, I sure I do. do. Smart guys. Yeah, okay. I sure do. That's fair. So I would go as my reserves, Brunson, number one, obviously. For sure. For sure. The engine of the Knicks offense and ever so frustrating to see them not want to run their offense through him in the playoffs. Right. Look at what mm-hmm. he did with Dallas two years ago in rounds one and two, right? Luka missed three games or four games in that round and one he, series. Mm-hmm. And he took the mo- he took mm-hmm. the he Mavericks offense him. past the Western Conference first round. And then you see the Knicks, and for some reason, you know, they're dead set on incorporating Julius Randle as the primary focus. Who can only go left. Only goes left. He should be on your enough is enough is enough list. Yeah, yeah. Man, guys, stay tuned. Enough is enough <laughs> list. I have a couple names to put on there, but we got to wait till Everest comes back. Go ahead. So Brunson, I got number one, obviously. Okay. I think Donovan Mitchell is elite. You know? He is. The mm-hmm. Cavs have been a disappointment, I thought, a couple of years back when uh, – their point guard took that leap. Uh, what's his name? Darius Garland. Darius Garland. When Garland took mm-hmm. that leap, I, I called him the mini Steve Nash. His game is mm-hmm. modeled so tightly after him. It is. And then they had Jared Allen and the slew of young guys. And unfortunately, they haven't been able to put everything together at the same time. But mm-hmm. Mitchell's been the one consistency in that offense, playing elite. And one of those guys that always steps up in the playoffs, too. Agreed. For as much as I hate the Jazz, and it was a pleasure as a Houston fan watching James Harden spank them after nights out of the strip club. <laughs> Mitchell showed up every time, man, and he's yeah. he's a dangerous guy I want to see on there. Uh, Jimmy Butler, for me, has to mm. make it as well. Mm. Respect respect is given where respect is due. Mm-hmm. Sure, he'll end up a Knicks before the season is over, but at least for now he's a, a, he's a reserve. Okay. Yep. Uh, Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, when you start the season averaging 30 for the first two weeks, playing next to Joel – as the third best team in the East, you're going to get on that list. Mm-hmm. And then my last three, I've got Bam Adebayo as the backup big, mm. Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. and this yep. one might surprise you guys. I think this is the real difference maker in the Eastern Conference. This one player is going to swing things and give you a new Eastern Conference champion, and that player is Kristaps Porzingis. He's my last Ooh. reserve on this list. I think he's entirely changed the dynamic of Boston. And I don't, I don't want to give you guys the wrong assumption that you know, I'm going off of wins, mm-hmm. but I think there is something to be said about Chris Stapps and the way he's been used in the NBA mm-hmm. ever since those first two unicorn seasons in New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then he tore his ACL in the playoffs, and then it just seemed to all go downhill after that. Yeah, he had a promising start with Luka in Dallas, and then they turn him into a corner three-point shooter. And now it seems like he's kind of that missing plug for the Celtics, man. A lot of people, a lot of Celtics fans might say that Derek White is more deserving of this all-star nod over That's Chris That's a name Dapps. I've been seeing a lot. <laughs> yeah, but Chris Dapps, seven-footer, can stretch the floor, can dunk the ball. I think it would be just funner to see him in that role as opposed to a fundamentalist guy like Derek White. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Evan. So, again, I think, I think we're pretty similar. So, I have Jalen Brown. I also have Porzingis. Uh, I have Donovan Mitchell, I have Jalen Brunson, I have Tyrese Maxey, and these these last two are was 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 a bit of a stretch, but I feel like they're having better years. So I have Paolo Bancaro, mm-hmm. and I have Demar Derozan. Demar. I have Demar Derozan. Okay. I have Demar. So that's so, so that so that's my back seven. Mm. All right. Um, Paolo's a list I've seen on a lot of media guys. Yeah. A name I've seen a lot of media guys' lists. I mean, 
baby LeBron maybe or baby Royce White that we thought the Rockets were going to get those years back. Royce White, I thought he was going to be so good. Shout out to Southwest Airlines. But yeah, man, (laughs) for a team that's, you know, surpassed all expectations in the Orlando Magic, Paolo, all being a second-year player, is the leading guy for them. He He is. He is, for sure. So deserving as well. Um, Wes, who you got? One question for the Magic as you watch them play. We've been having an active debate on this pot. I really wish Ev was here for this. Oh, I wish he, I know what you're about to. Yeah. Is Jalen Suggs going to be better than anyone on the Houston Rockets? I think mainly J- a Jalen Green. Mainly Jalen Green. Is he going to be better than Jalen Green? Wow. Um, I think, okay, so Suggs. Suggs. I think would contribute more to a playoff product right now mm. than Jalen Green ever could. Agreed. Suggs grew grew up winning, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where did he go to college? He went to Gonzaga. Gonzaga. The buzzer beater in Gonzaga, which shot him up into lottery status. Prior to that, he was a low first round pick, but a winner there. Mm -hmm. A quarterback of his high school football team, leader in the locker room, winner there. He's one of those guys that brings you those intangibles, but I don't know necessarily what the ceiling is with his skill set. Being a, a smaller, more compact guard. Who doesn't necessarily stretch the floor the way you want to? Correct. So as a ceiling guy, as a potential top three to four guy on a championship team, right. he's never going to be that. Mm-hmm. That's not in his trajectory, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But as a solid top seven guy in a playoff rotation consistently, I see him occupying a role very similar to maybe like a Marcus Smart in Boston as a culture guy and yeah. a hound on both sides of the ball as well. Okay. Not bad. I, not I bad like that. Um, all right. Well, let me get into mine. Jalen Brunson, obvious. Mm-hmm. Should have been a starter. Should have been a starter. I don't the NBA, y'all y'all should have done something about that. Um Tyrese Maxey, obvious. Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. Bam, mm-hmm. Spider. And then my last two, Trey Young. He's mm. leading. He's second in the NBA in assists behind Halliburton. Future he was, Houston he, Rocket, yeah. He, <laughs> I would love to see him in Houston. I, I, I love and then too. I have I have the the lefty himself, Julius Randle. I feel like I feel like the Knicks deserve two All Stars, man. Ever since they got OG Ananobi, they've been I think thirteen and two, mm-hmm. one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. They've made it up to number three in the East now. Yeah. Like I, I love this Knicks team, but Randall's not gonna play anyway. So I put Paolo replaces Randall on the All Star team because Julius is just gonna play, and then also Embiid probably won't play because yeah. of that knee yeah. injury he yeah, got. Yeah, yeah, he probably won't play. So as his replacement, I put Scotty Barnes. Oh wow! I thought mm. you were gonna go Jared Allen here. Mm-mm. Okay, Scotty oh. Barnes. I gotta show Scotty some love, man. What's going on with this uh, 2021 draft class shout out that you get? Scotty Barnes, Jalen. Love Scotty Barnes. Do you, you want to do everything you can to bring down Jalen Green on this podcast? <laughs> no. Seriously. What I want to do, and I'm going to look, this is my camera right here. I'm going to look into the camera. <laughs> oh, my God. It's not the fact that I want to tear down Jalen Green. It's not, it's not what I want to do. What I want Jalen Green to do is fulfill his potential that he has, and he can be one of the best players in the NBA. His mm-hmm. talent demands he be that good, and it is a shame that Alfred Singoon is this much better than you at that point this point in your development you should be better I have more for you Jalen but I'm gonna hold off till later I'm ready all right all right so y'all let us know uh y'all's predictions uh for the for the all-star reserves so um let's jump right into the next one so last weekend it was a big weekend in football AFC NFC championship 
so we're gonna go over the recap, but we're also gonna pick our uh, Super Bowl. Let's, Damn you, Lamar. We're see. So let's start off with the AFC Ravens and Chiefs. Uh, Vala, what was your reaction to that game? But bewilderment, man. I was in mm-hmm. Baltimore mm-hmm. for Ravens Texans and. Everything I saw from that game, I, other than the depression that I was experiencing internally, but right. externally, everything that I saw there was a Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. Like the Ravens looked like the best team in football that mm-hmm. I'd seen in a couple of years. Yeah. And Lamar, like you guys shouted out on the podcast uh, last week, really like by far solidified himself as the best running quarterback ever. Mm-hmm. And what a damn shame that Michael Vick in 2010 didn't at least get an all pro. That I thought he did. For I, what he did, did with that Eagles I team. had to look that up myself. Yeah. Coming Crazy. back. <laughs> coming back after, you know, he outraged people with the dog incident mm-hmm. and having the 3000 yards, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions and bringing that Eagles team mm-hmm. to win that tough division. But but anyways, we saw a blunder unlike anything. And sometimes yeah. when you're a dynasty, mm-hmm. like the Chiefs are a dynasty. They are. Like other teams in sports, I'm going to mention the Warriors are a dynasty. Mm-hmm. You got to get lucky, man. You got Agree. to you, you gotta get lucky. You, you got to get lucky. The other team has to slip up, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Rockets have to miss 27 threes in a row for the Warriors that to win depressing. that. That's depressing. That still hurts my heart the, to this day. The that ch- still hurts. The Chiefs have to have Flowers fumble the ball on the one-yard on the line. One. Mm-hmm. And the Ravens have their worst turnover margin of the entire season, minus three for them to actually advance mm-hmm. and get, you know, Patrick Mahomes' second ever playoff win on the road. Mm-hmm. So kudos to them for taking care of business, but I don't think the better team won. Not and, at all. And now the Chiefs, aside from being the most hated political team by conservative Americans because of Taylor Swift Correct. and Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. have now turned into, in my head, the San Antonio Spurs of football, where they're just there every single year, and they're the big that's brother good, you got to get over. That's, that's, that's a good comparison. Um Ravens choked, plain and simple. I I agree. I, I, I told you last week they was gonna lose. I told you. I just I, I told you I just had this feeling that they were going to lose. I didn't want them to lose. I just had it. In Baltimore, too. In in Baltimore, Shh. Zay Flowers fumbles. But not only does he fumble, the play before that the what taunting. Happened? He got hit for taunting, pushed it and, and they got pushed back, right? Right. And he fumbled. Mm-hmm. And then Lamar, two costly picks. Like yeah. It's just like And a fumble. Don't leave out the fumble. One thing after another after another. And then one thing before I turn it over to you, Wes. We talked about right before the playoffs, we talked about how Patrick Mahomes is like this this is gonna be his first true test of the playoffs. Because he's never he's never been outside of Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. That man went to two of the toughest stadiums, arguably in the NFL, Buffalo and Baltimore, mm-hmm. and came out clean. Just Give him his flowers. You have to give yeah. him his flowers at that point. Because because I even said, I was like, damn, like he's about to go to Buffalo. I, I wasn't worried about him going to Buffalo. I mean, I kind of was. You you got to pay me to trust Josh Allen. I, nah, I kind of no, was. But no. I'm just saying, like, like he goes to two of the toughest stadiums and he comes out winners in both. He did. You he have did. to give that man his flowers. So, uh, I mean, I didn't think, that, I didn't think it was going to be, like, kind of lopsided like that. But, I mean, yeah. if, if you look at the game, right, in the first half, the Chiefs came out and they punched Baltimore in the mouth. Mm-hmm. They came right quick. at them, got quick. up early, mm-hmm. quick. But for me, the turning point in the game wasn't just the Zay Flowers fumble. To me, the turning point in the game was much earlier than that when Lamar fumbled, mm-hmm. when Karloftis recovered the, rec- mm-hmm. the fumble. That was a turning point in the game to me because I feel like Baltimore right. was starting to gain some more momentum and the Chiefs took it 
right back yeah. instantly. Um, another big part of this game that no one's really been talking about, I guess, because it's just Lamar and he's pulverizing. Mm-hmm. What the hell was the Ravens' offensive game plan? You run the ball six times? Six times with your running backs. You've had the number one rushing offensive football all season long, and you get to the AFC Championship game at home, and you don't run the ball. I'm a Falcons fan, guys. I know the feeling of getting to a championship (laughs) game and not doing what you did to get there. Right. So it just didn't make any sense to me. And the other part, the one main criticism I have about Lamar, Lamar, you're a great player. You're about to be a two-time MVP. The hell with what anybody says, any of these critics – Run the damn ball, man. Stop standing in the pocket like you're Mahomes. Run. It almost seemed like he was trying to have one of those standoffs. Standoffs for the ages Mm -hmm. with Patrick Mahomes. Because even against the Texans, you know, when the Texans were tied going into the half, Mm -hmm. they were dominating time of possession against us. And a lot of it was broken plays off of off of uh, Lamar Jackson runs. Correct. So to go away from that, again, like to be a Baltimore fan and see that live, that's got to be beyond frustrating. It's crushing. It. It's crushing. And Lamar, man, we all, you know, hey, Lamar coming. Omar coming from the wire. Yo. You got to – Omar always it, stood on his square. You got to do the same, Lamar. You've seen square. the wire growing up, Evan? Yeah. Okay, so shout out to CBS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the very end of the game, I don't know who the broadcaster was. I don't know if you guys heard this, but he said, if you're going to come after the king, you best not miss. And ladies and gentlemen, the Ravens missed. I was like, God damn, you're going to bring a wire reference on these fools funeral on live television. Yeah. I want to say it was Romo. I think Romo said that. It might have been Romo. Yeah. Yeah. It, It seems like something Romo would have the balls to say in Baltimore. No. Seeing as if he never made a championship game. All right, That's a so whole let's, other so let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to the NFC. So 49ers and Lions, what was your take on that? Again, another <laughs> another epic <laughs> yeah, see the another, theme here. <laughs> another choke job by a quarterback yes. we thought was more deserving. Mm-hmm. Man, I saw the wild card matchup they had with the Rams. And again, I thought this was it. Like Jared Goff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've been rehabbed. Uh this coaching staff has really mm-hmm. like cradled you and brought you back into relevancy after the mental struggles you had being traded away from the Rams as the number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. He came, he overcame those demons in an exciting wild card matchup against Matt Stafford and the former Mm -hmm. Super Bowl champions. And then he comes out and lays a last minute egg again, another choke job against this Niners team. I don't, I don't necessarily think this is a case where the better team lost and choked the game. Right. But the Lions had a golden opportunity here, and they, and they definitely dropped the ball, uh, no pun intended, in this mm-hmm. game. Yeah. So, for me, like the, Ryan, like, like the Ravens, the Lions had too many costly turnovers, especially, yeah. especially uh, uh, the second half. So Gibbs with that fumble was Gibbs. crucial. The so, Gibbs fumble broke So, so I'm going to go through it. So – Fumbled in the third quarter, which the 49ers scored to tie the game at 24. Mm-hmm. Next possession, three and out, 49ers kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. Next possession, they went for it on a four and three, didn't get it, 49ers score, 34-24. And then mm-hmm. the Lions scored the next possession after that, but at that point the game was over. It was like two minutes left, yeah. which they tried to onside kick. Almost got it, but I think, I think the guy touched it before he hit the 10-yard mark. I'm waiting but for you like, to make this point. But I will say this. I've been very critical of Brock Purdy. Yes, sir. I've been very, very critical because the last two games, he's he's spearheaded their comebacks. He has. He has. I'm going to give the man his flowers. Mm -hmm. You you think he's there? 
You think he's in that conversation? Is he elite? Yes. I agree. I think I've been thinking Brock Purdy was elite. After this playoff run, yes. Nice. I think I think the Super Bowl is really gonna really gonna like elevate it to where like is mm-hmm. he is he a little bit more than elite or is he just that elite quarterback? So let me let me give you this thought challenge here, Alan. Okay. Uh, you've been on the record as being a little critical of Justin Herbert. Very. <laughs> you think Justin Herbert plugged into this team with mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey in the backfield and the defense they have mm-hmm. and that culture that D'Amico built with that team last year, at least on the defensive side to back right. you up. You think Herbert gets to this stage? Absolutely not. I I think he does. I think what you have here is better than what San Diego's built around him. I agree. My problem with Justin Herbert is not the talent. It's not what he can do. It's between the ears. I don't think when these pressure clutch moments come around, he's he's calm, cool, and collected Mm -hmm. like he needs to be. And we've seen that last year against Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Nobody talks about this, but Justin Herbert blew a 20-point lead in a playoff game. Yeah, he did. That was bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like, handed them that game. Like, what are we what are we talking about? We're comparing him to Mahomes and Burrow and Lamar and Josh Allen, mm-hmm. but I don't know any of them that's then blew a 20-point lead in the playoffs. Not once. Not once. But Justin Herbert gets a quarter of a billion dollars, and we fire the coach, and we blame injuries, and we talk about the defense, and we bring in Jim Harbaugh, and we're the second-best team in our own city, and now, hey, all right, Justin, we believe in you. Y'all need to stop it with this. I'm going to I'm gonna make an analogy that's going to hurt you, but I, mm-hmm. it needs to be said nonetheless, and then I'm going to ask you guys for an analogy. So mm-hmm. first, I think Justin Herbert is Matt Ryan if Matt Ryan's MVP season was extrapolated out for his entire career and he didn't have blunders the way he did That's I actually could throughout agree with the that. second That's half. That's a really good I could take. agree with that. The second analogy that I want to ask you guys is y'all are bigger football fans than I am, so I'm hoping to garner some insight from you here. Someone asked me the other day what the Brock Purdy analysis is in terms of Defining him as a player in basketball terms. Oh, could you guys give me something relevant, whether that's a player from the past or an NBA player today? Who's Brock Purdy as far as an NBA player? He would be a point guard for sure. My my co-host made the the analogy that he's hmm. basically 2010 2011 Steph Curry before the Warriors got really nice. Oh, mm. I like solid. that. I like that a that's lot. Solid. You know who Brock Purdy I think is. Because he's a risk taker. He's a gambler. Mm-hmm. I hate to put this weight on him. I think he's like, in basketball terms, he's like a Jason Kidd. Oh, wow. That's good. He He's That's dishing it, getting it to the open guys. will turn down his own points to make sure you shine. Mm-hmm. But when push comes to shove... I can get to this basket. Mm. I, can I was going to say Steve Nash, but that's... Steve, the only thing about Steve, Steve was a better scorer. Steve was a walking bucket. Steve didn't utilize his scoring enough. That's no, one of the, big, the big regrets he has about enough. his career. He didn't. So. He had the skill set. He yeah. just didn't do it. One of the rare 50, 40, 90 guys in NBA history as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's a good one. And efficiency is a big mark on Purdy's game as well. Yeah. Super he goes efficient. from Mr. Irrelevant to in the damn Super Bowl. Yeah. So that's just that's crazy. So the Lions choked. Jared Goff, you Lions played choked, great. Ravens choked. Dan Campbell, I don't know what you were doing running the ball on yeah. third and goal with I, under two I, minutes left. I haven't seen a lot of criticism on Dan Campbell. That's the part that yeah. I don't. We don't speak but, about coaching enough. But then, but then you got to remember Dan. Like Dan Campbell's been doing that since game one. Like he'll go for it on fourth downs. <laughs> but you had all, all time. three sure. timeouts with less Six than two out. minutes. Yeah. I respect yeah. that. But, I mean, that's just who he is. So, like, to criticize him, like, well, damn, like, why'd you do that? Like, he's been doing that since. Are we going to talk about Josh Reynolds? 
dropping two passes, oh, no. the fourth and no. three, oh, oh. and he dropped the over route when he was wide open. Dropped like it. Like I said, Lions choked. The Lions going to lie, man. I told y'all last week, the Lions going to lie. It's, it's not nothing new. So, real quick before we move on to our next topic. So, Super Bowl predictions. Chiefs or 49ers? I'm not going to lie. This is kind of... Evan, man, you gonna pick? You gonna pick the Chiefs? I know where you're headed. No, I, I don't know. Actually, I, I really don't. I've kind of gone back and forth with it. I know. I, I really have. But what you got? I feel like when you're back and forward, you got to pick experience. When you're yeah. back and forward, yeah. you go with the team who's been there and the guys who have that championship acumen. But the thing is, the 49ers have been there too at, at one point. But they so, had Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. No, I know, but I'm just I was saying, gonna say who I'm saying some of that core has been there. The coaching staff, yeah. a lot of the core, but as far as the top dog leaders yeah. of that roster, it's a this is a new experience mm-hmm. for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Brock First time on the big national stage, albeit he overcame it in mm-hmm. tough situations the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um let's see what he can do here. I'm let's I'm interested see. to see, but I think I've got the Chiefs winning it. And it's going to be a fun game. This is going to be a really fun game. The Chiefs don't have that offense that they had last year that can neutralize any defensive game plan. And the Niners do have that defense mm-hmm. that can pretty much make anyone play the game they want to play. So those two factors clashing with each other, I think it's going to be a grinded-out game. I think so. Mahomes, new experience for him having to do that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I have the Chiefs inking this one out. Um. It's in Vegas, baby. Mm-hmm. So this is a this is a big Super Bowl. Um, this is a this is a legacy defining Super Bowl for both sides mm-hmm. because Mahomes, the Chiefs, Kelsey may or may not retire after the season. Has been the rumors. I doubt it, but doubt he may it. Yeah, may no, retire. No, no. Um, Taylor Swift is definitely gonna be there. You got oh my god! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just you gotta say it. Andy Reid media just go ahead and get Andy ready. Reed, Donald Trump's go. Twitter is gonna be going crazy. <laughs> Andy Reid can start to make a case to be the goat coach if he wins could the be. Super Bowl. Yeah. He could definitely start to form a case. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side that no one really talks about. Kyle Shanahan, man, you got to get it done. Mm-hmm. You went, you was in Atlanta. We blew the lead in the Super Bowl here in Houston. I drove right by the team bus for the Falcons after the game. It was very Did depressing. You throw some eggs at it, bro. No, it was pitch black. Okay, wasn't nobody on their phone. <laughs> nothing. It was just pitch black. Um, and then you get to the Super Bowl with the 49ers against the Chiefs in 2019, and yeah, you lose. Yeah. So this is a legacy defining game. If Christian McCaffrey can win it, he'll go down as one of the 15, 10 to 15 greatest running backs mm-hmm. ever right now. right now. Trent Williams is arguably the greatest left tackle in NFL history Agreed. right now. Um, and Debo, Texas, Texas guy, Debo, man, he can, he can get his ring. So it's a legacy defining, finding game. But, um, currently I, 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 I refuse to pick the Chiefs, so I'm just gonna ride with the Niners. I don't want to see. I don't want to see. I don't want to see Taylor Swift on that damn stage after the game. Yo, all joking aside, like this has been one of the weirdest Super Bowls I've ever seen covered from really a media standpoint. Yeah. yeah. So, go ahead, Evan. You had about three minutes to get pick a side. I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. I we knew go. it. I'm, I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. Wait, Alan, who'd you have? I got the, the Niners. Niners. The Niners. I'm not picking, I'm not I'm picking going, Taylor Swift I'm and the Chiefs. the Chiefs. I'm not doing it. I refuse. I guess I guess I guess it could because Vala pointed to it. I think I think the experience is what it's it, what it, especially what it comes down to. But I I really like your take. Like this is going to be a legacy Super Bowl. If Patrick Mahomes can win this, like that's 3 in the last what 
seven, three and five, three, three, and, five. three and six, three and seven years. No, three so, and five, three and five years. Yeah, three and three in the last five. Like that's that's pretty wild. And then the underdog, technically, if, if Brock Purdy can do it, he goes from Mister Irrelevant to a fucking Super Bowl. He's champion. Kurt. He's Kurt Warner. Yeah. So it's like it's just. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs, but the, the, it should it, it should be a shootout. It should be a shootout with with the 49ers offense, and then now with the Chiefs in playoff mode, and yeah. they and they clicking on all cylinders. It should be a shootout, for sure. There's gonna be a real reshuffling of who the uh, the top tier quarterbacks in the league are this year if Brock Purdy wins with CJ definitely in his own, with Brock on the up and up, and just. The way a lot of NFL offensive sputtered leaves mm. a lot of room for guys to break out this year. I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And like you said, Alan, uh, legacy defining in more ways than one. Yes. Sure. Willard, we're about to enter a new topic. I know you've been holding up to say, I can't <laughs> see Willard in the background. He's been holding up a sign. Willard, just put the sign down because this may go for a minute. Yeah, this this may go for a little bit because we're passionate about this, Will. So you might as well just sit there and just shut up and just your life. <laughs> so, all right. So we're based out here in Houston, Texas. Um, mm-hmm. H-Town. So, Vala and Wes, I have a question for y'all. So what do y'all think the state of Houston sports is right now? So with the Rockets, the Texans, the Astros, um, where do y'all think Houston sports is going and where it is currently? Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, I'll start. I think that this is the best place that all of Houston sports has been in in a very long time. I 100% agree. The Astros coming off the ALCS. Mm -hmm. The Texans making a very impressive run this year to Mm -hmm. the divisional round. The Rockets having a lot of young up-and-coming talent. And could be a playoff team. And could be a playoff team. I think they'll definitely be a play-in team. I think so. Um, But this is the best time to be a a Houston sports fan right Mm -hmm. now. This is incredible. Um, And I just pray – that the Houston management does not screw this up Please. like you've done multiple times. Please do not. Yeah, I I first truly became a three-sport Houston fan probably in 2005 or okay. 2006. Mm-hmm. It was right around the time we had T-Mac and Yao. Yeah. The Astros were coming off the heels of that Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit era. Yeah. When they and lost to the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Swept yeah. by the White Sox. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm about to say got swept because yeah, tough times. Yeah, that was that was my first bout with sports depression in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Texans were on the verge of moving on from the uh, the David Carr experiment mm-hmm. and moving on to Matt Schaub in that Kubiak offensive zone scheme. And ever since that run, that era. We've experienced darkness in more ways than one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We've had the sun blocked out by the black hole of death, <laughs> Bill O'Brien's chin, just the black su- hole, of just death. sucking light, man, life, happiness <laughs> out of NRG and Stadium. He still manages to find a job, but we can talk about that at some. How many How many years has it been since DeAndre Hopkins was traded for a bag of Cheetos? That by still Bill O'Brien? pisses me off. It's, five. It's taken five years yeah, five for this years. franchise to rehab itself and open mm-hmm. its doors to. DeAndre Hopkins, who's been linked to reports of wanting to join this team. We had Bill O'Brien's chin blocking life. We had the, you know, aftermath of the stripper economy being devastated after James Harden left the city. That is true. And then the Astros, for Christ's true. sake, weren't even on TV. They Mm-mm. they Mm-mm. were blacked out so poorly mm-hmm. because of fan attendance at Minute Maid from mm-hmm. like 
from like 2007 all the way to 2015 well, really, that you couldn't even yeah. see them on TV. You get a ticket for like three dollars. Yeah, it was you nuts. Get a ticket, you can get a oh, ticket bro. in the nosebleeds and just walk and down walk right on down the. <laughs> Those El Tiempo Margarita challenges at Minute Maid during that stretch were they were dark times for a lot of people. I bet for a yeah. lot of alcoholics. I bet. Um, and now it just it seems like there's a rainbow on the horizon, right? The it bird is. the birds are out and they're chirping. Uh, kids are in the streets. The weather's kind of nice. <laughs> and it seems like life is bustling again right. in the streets of Houston. I'm excited, but hesitant and skeptical because mm-hmm. of some of the front office blunders that we've seen with former Houston championship products. Mm-hmm. Right? We saw that Rockets team in 2018, which was by all measures a championship team, For sure. get dismantled by Tillman Fertitta and his ownership group. Right. We saw Bill O'Brien basically dismantle winning components of a championship Mm -hmm. Texans team after that 22 lead to the Chiefs that we blew in, Mm -hmm. I don't know, 2018 or 2019. That was 2019. Yeah. And then the Astros... Because that was his first Super Bowl. Yeah, the Astros have been, you know, held up on the heels of an immigrant cash economy Mm. in the form of this system that they have with Altuve, Jordan, these Mm -hmm. Cubans, these Venezuelans. Mm -hmm. So you just hope the borders stay open for them. Um it's promising. I don't know where you guys want to start, which team you want to start with, but I can talk for the next hour about Houston sports with where it's at. I mean, the both of you hit the nail on the head, so I mean, we'll just start with a team. Uh, Houston Astros. The Warriors of basketball. The Warriors of basketball. Yeah, right? definitely. Yep. Warriors of basketball. Definitely. A team that you want to talk about, you have to go through someone to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. The AL runs through Houston, y'all. And it it's does. Good. And it I does. think it's fair 100%. to say that – in terms of you know roster building and looking at winning components in baseball, having the depth at starting pitching, having a bullpen, mm-hmm. having consistent hitters that have been with the ball club and establish a culture, it's all there for the Astros. And I would project out probably another two-year window of dominance at this mm-hmm. level that they're at where you start the season and the conversation starts and ends with Houston. Yeah. I think, I think with the Astros, I mean, you're 100%, 100% right. Like the last seven years – ALCS seven straight seven seven straight ALCS which I'm gonna take this from your podcast because I actually I actually listened to the last episode shout out to the Texas Rangers y'all uh got lucky y'all got lucky <laughs> <laughs> you, you really got lucky you really did but I will say <clears throat> I do believe the AL does run through Houston but I mean again Texas Rangers, like like they are right. I mean, right at the heel because the Grums coming back. I mean, I mean they got some good pieces, but I mean Houston loaded up too. We got Josh Hader. We needed it. We needed that. Now, so if if the which you which you alluded to because you said they got about two more years, and I agree. If our pitching can stay healthy, I think it could probably extend maybe another two years. So if McCullers can stay healthy, if Garcia can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, if Verlander can stay healthy, hell, because I mean he's what 40, 41. But you're 42? asking a lot out of McCullers. Know, McCullers know, hasn't but, stayed but healthy in asking, forever. But you're yeah. asking a lot. But as and I mean we like as far as infield outfield, I think I, I think we're set for another. As long as Diaz is the everyday catcher, as, as long yeah, like, we'll be fine. Yeah, I think we're good. But if our if our pitching can stay level headed, I. Th- I think we can extend that for probably another two years. I think that, in my opinion, what happened last year to the Astros, they were trying to break in new guys to the rotation, especially Hunter Brown. They were trying to – and his you could see it as the season went on. He wasn't used to pitching that many innings, Mm -hmm. and his arm was giving out. He didn't have the same Mm -hmm. velocity, the same stuff. 
Um, so I feel like this year he'll be much better. Yeah, it, the similarities to Verlander are profound, but at the end of the day, you don't have Kate Upton to give you back rubs after the game to rehab yourself and come out at another level. So you don't. Hunter Brown's got some steps to take to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Evan, you mentioned pitching, which is a great point. You know, Garcia was out the entire year last yeah. year. McCullers was out the McCullers, entire year. McCullers, who's paid as a top three starting pitcher in this league. Gave us nothing. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> the entire year. Um, and then you throw Josh Hader into the mix here with this team, and it's exciting. But last year, I feel like even the hitters, the starting lineup of this team – was missing at various points Could, of the year. It was. I mean, you they weren't all clicking. Inconsistent. Kyle Tucker jump. was carrying that lineup yeah, for the yeah. vast majority of the season. Yeah. Jose Altuve, arguably the best player in Houston Astros history, mm-hmm. you know, missing mm-hmm. all but the last third of the season. And then he's the best player on the roster on the playoffs. He is. You extrapolate that out to a full season, and you just hope to get most of this lineup healthy. And you hope to get Abreu, the first baseman they signed yes. for stupid money out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. You hope to get the production you got out of him the last three weeks of the season onwards into the playoffs. And I think, again, like you're right up there with the Rangers for possession of the lead in this division. For so, sure. I, so I actually have a question for the both of you. And then we'll move on to the next Houston sports teams. Do you think the Astros need to add a couple more pieces? So a couple names that are floating around. Uh, Blake Snell is still still out there. Um, Cody Bellinger is still out there. Mm-hmm. Do you think they need to add another piece or leave it or kind of leave it as is and let it and let it run through that two, three year, four window? You want to take this one? I think they need to continue to build up the farm system currently because that's what got them here. You made a point on your on the you and the bill made a point. We're not going to have Bregman for much longer. Mm-mm. Yeah. So we need to find his replacement well, ASAP. I mean, Tucker, you've got for two years. We haven't re-signed yeah. Tucker either. So no, that's and be Tucker's going to demand huge money. Mm-hmm. And the par- other person that's on the horizon, Al, we need to start having a discussion of how much longer Altuve is going to play, mm-hmm. or at least play at a high level. Mm-hmm. That's another part of it. And then um, our shortstop, he, Pena. Pena needs to – Pena, I love you, you. Are you a believer? I believe in you, but you need to hit, my man. (laughs) They had you in the eight hole at certain points in the season. Hey, hey, my brother. It's not good enough. I'm going to look into this camera. No more H-E-B commercials. None. Get into the batting cage. None. What you did in the ALCS – Hot garbage, hot garbage, and hot garbage. He's been dropping, no, sir. He's been dropping some thirst trap Instagram photos over the summer of oh, him Lord. looking bulked. I'm just yeah. like, forget make, that. Just make contact with the ball, my guy. You're not trying to throw he, this thing out of the. Stadium. He needs to be like LeBron, go zero dark, twenty two, so zero dark thirty. Don't, don't do nothing. Just, <laughs> just trying to hit the ball out the park, man. Don't do that. We need you to hit for average and just not home hit, runs. We got enough power average. hitters in that lineup. Yeah. And I don't know where that money is going to come from to add another piece to this roster. Like, you're already looking and projecting at where you're going to spend the money to retain a lot of the guys you have in-house. And they've moved a lot of those pieces Mm -hmm. from their farm system away to bring in talent. Exactly. Their best outfielder, they had to move out to bring Verlander back Mm -hmm. in-house. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Gilbert, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and you don't really have a lot left in the farm system outside of maybe two young prospects who aren't even gold level prospects. Right. right. But I think you're I think you can make do with what you have. Definitely. I think so. We took the Rangers to seven games. They're the old the ultimate World Series champions. What team outside of the Astros took them to more than five games? Nobody. So I, I've got confidence in where we're at. It's an arms race right now. Yeah, Who can no come out the AL, the, the Rangers or the Astros, and can you beat the Dodgers? Yeah, and it's Dallas. They're going to find a way to screw things up. 
Agreed. The Dodgers. Oh my God. <laughs> Just gotta hope they keep choking, brother. <laughs> Man, if I don't even want to get into that topic right now because they because they are loaded. All right, so uh, let's switch gears. So the Rockets. They, Do you want to start there? Do you want to go to the Texans? Jalen had 31 and 11 tonight. Okay, Jalen. Ever since we dropped the Jalen Green episode, he's had four straight double doubles yep. in efficient well, performances. Well, damn, the Rockets lost, though. They did lose. 110 to 99. Damn. Mm. All right, anyway. So, what, you want to do Rockets or Texans? Well, I, I suggest the Texans because the Rockets is going to go for a while. It's going to be contentious. All right, so, all right, so Texans, Wes, you. The Texans you spearheaded. keep doing what you're doing. Um, my only question to the group, and you guys could tell me if I'm wrong. I wrote down some off-season moves the Texans need to make. Mm-hmm. We need to add wide receiver help. Yep. We need to help the D-line slash pass rush mm-hmm. in some way, whether it's interior or an edge mm-hmm. player. And I feel as if we also need another safety to go along with Petrie. Mm-hmm. I feel like those would really be things that will help. I didn't put the offensive line on there, guys, because the offensive line was injured. Mm-hmm. It's not that we don't have the talent. They were injured, so they'll be back. Um, but how do you guys feel about us adding those certain pieces? And who would be some people to add to this team? So let me piggyback off your wide receiver point because I've heard that consistently brought up with the Texans, whether it's draft need or a guy mm-hmm. like Mike Evans out of Tampa that they've been linked right. to for the longest time. I might be the only Texans fan in my friend group, Nabil, my co-host of Not Your Weekly Sports Pod included. Y'all, there's... A slew of talent at wide receiver already on this. Like, am I crazy? Nico Collins looks like a prototype. He number one, number he came one out receiver. Smoking. Yeah, Tank Dell showed you that given a full season, he's a fourteen hundred yard guy, and Agreed. he's your stretch guy. I don't know how much faith I want to put in a guy like Mechie, but Mechie was a first round draft mm-hmm. talent who, if not for you know, leukemia, leukemia. And tearing his ACL yeah. was going to be one of those slot receivers that was mm-hmm. really, really nice. And Mechie really finally started coming into his own the last few weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'd like to say it takes a year to get over cancer as a professional athlete, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he looks like he might have a role in this league as well. It's going to be real interesting to me if we're talking about receiver help for C.J. Stroud, whether or not they re-sign Dalton Schultz or not, because he looked like a huge safety blanket for C.J. He was. Mm-hmm. He really was. Um, so where you, do you where do you want to see them go? Do you want to see draft talent? Do you want to see a free agent wide receiver? Do you want to see Schultz back? The, the weaponry around C.J. I think is going to be a big part of his development Agreed. going forward, as we've seen with young guys like Patrick Mahomes having a Travis Kelsey attached to him. Mm-hmm. Um so where do you guys see as far as the Texans going, or where would you like to see them going with weapons? Y'all might think I'm crazy, but if you're the Texans, given how the draft order is set up in the top ten, mm-hmm. the first seven uh, picks of the draft are probably going to be all offense until you get to Atlanta at eight. Mm-hmm. Atlanta is going to be the swing pick in that top ten. But I think if you're the Texans and you see how it's falling and Atlanta is sitting there at eight and Brock Bowers is sitting there, for C.J. Stroud, I think you trade up and you go get Brock Bowers. And you put him with the weapons that Vala just alluded to. You don't have to reshine Schultz at that point, and you get Bowers on a rookie deal. I think that would be the move in the first round. That's pretty round. solid. Yeah. That's pretty solid. No, I mean, uh, where would I like to see him go? I mean, if anything, probably going out to like and, and just testing free agency, just see what's mm-hmm. out there. I don't know. I don't know the big names that are out uh, that are T Higgins. I mean T Higgins, Mike Evans, I don't DeAndre Hopkins, Brian Burns. I don't know, I don't know if, you, if 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 they'll 
pull away T. Higgins from uh, from Cincinnati. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Uh, I would like to see DeAndre come back if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's probably my biggest thing because I mean you already brought in a great head coach who's obviously just changed the complete landscape of of the organization. Agreed. Uh, you got C.J. Stroud who basically wiped clean the whole uh, Deshaun Watson ordeal. Correct. So, like, now you have a new face as a head coach. You have a new face as a quarterback. So and then they made it to the damn divisional game, like, mm-hmm. and they and they and they were projected not even to make the playoffs. So the over under in Vegas was like five point five. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a huge jump, and I think I think right now the Texans are in a good spot. I would just like for them to test free agency and see and see who they can pull away, who they can mm-hmm. who they can lure over, and uh, uh, like y'all said, CJ's development is going to be huge, especially if they can you know, pick up those weapons. So right now, I think important free agents that are the Texans are going to have mm-hmm. on the block to re-sign. You've got guys like uh, one of their better corners, Steven Nelson. Yep. Mm-hmm. You've got, I believe, Grenard. like mentioned, Grenard is another big one as well. Uh, the safety opposite Petrie is mm-hmm. a free agent as well, I believe. You got a lot of Dalton Schultz we mentioned as well. You're going to have some cap space to play around with. So would you all entertain the idea of giving top dollar money to a guy like A.J. Brown if he were to put his m- money where his mouth is and actually want to come out and play with C.J. Stroud in H-Town? I don't think that's the guy you go get in Philly. I think, I think it's Devontae Smith. Yeah. Okay. You go get Devontae up out of Philly. He's not going to cost you as much as A.J. either. Because he hasn't been putting up number one numbers. He's still on the rookie deal, so he needs to get paid. Mm. But you're not going to be paying him what you pay AJ. Mm. AJ is making top five. AJ is what, five? 150? Five. AJ gets that Something like that? 125. 125? Okay. Yeah. You're not going to have to pay Devontae Smith that. That's true. You got CJ on that rookie deal, man. This is... This is Seattle Seahawks mid 2000s territory yeah. where you've got <laughs> this elite of a quarterback talent making that salary figure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is your window, man. This, this, this is it. This free agency is everything for the Texans. And Nick Casario has been money in the last two drafts mm-hmm. and money with these one year prove it guys. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what he does. But there's some other pieces out there they need as well. The O line, let's see if they can get healthy. Running back is a big question mark. Do you got stick Austin Eckler. You got Derrick Henry on the market. You got guys like that. Or, you I mean, you can go into the draft mm-hmm. and get a guy. You could potentially get a Jonathan Brooks out of Texas in the second or third round to come in. He is going to have to recover from the ACL, but he's a guy you could take later. Um, man, maybe a Tony Pollard maybe even. We're done with the Damian Pierce bad. experiment. That's oh, done. Done. Yeah. done. yeah. Done. Okay. He's too he's too much of a bruiser for his his body's is gonna break down consistently. Yeah, I think that mold of running back in the NFL is it's lived its last day, unfortunately. So our our tech and audio guy hates us right now. So we're gonna kind of he'll be all right. We're gonna kind of somewhat <laughs> speed through this last part. So the Rockets don't speed, don't speed. We can talk all night about the Rockets, and I know our tech and audio guy is probably gonna fall asleep at some point if we do get to that point. But my question to y'all is. Who do you think the Rockets should go after either at the trade deadline or for the summer hmm. to to really to really boost up this uh, to to really boost up this roster that we have currently? So I can think of two people right now. Th- it's a philosophical question you're asking, but go ahead and give me your two names and let's go from there. I think right. the Rockets should go after Trey Young, and I okay. think they should go after Mikael Bridges. I love the Bridges Bridges one. I love Mikael. And the only Bridges. reason I said that is because they because the Nets rejected the Rockets' offer. 
mm-hmm. for for like multiple first round picks or whatever. But I feel like if you throw, I hate to say it, maybe if you throw like a Jalen Green in there. So you ready to go there? No, I'm not. I'm not ready. To, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing a name out. I'm not saying do it. I'm just I throwing a name out. Maybe throw a, maybe throw team. a player out there to get that to really get them to think like, hmm, like okay, maybe yeah, you know. So we'll think about it. So the Houston Rockets right now, as it stands, right, they're the number ten seed 10. as of mm-hmm. as of the loss tonight. So mm-hmm. they're about a game out of the yep, playing seed. They are number. Yep. Well, they're number eleven, but yes. So a game, I believe, last I checked out of the playing game. It was a game, half a about, game, uh, a game earlier. A game and a half. Yeah. So with that in mind, they don't have their draft pick this year. Mm-hmm. So there's no incentive to lose. Your incentive is to win and to maximize whatever you can with this roster right now. However, do you want to give up assets that you've been building up that really is kind of this last chip that you have on this team mm-hmm. To make a move that really might be your last move with this asset development, this asset accumulation that Raphael Stone has made over the last three years of this rebuild, mm-hmm. do you think that move is enough to move you into contention territory? Or is it enough to combine with one of these second or third year guys taking a leap somewhere in the next year to catapult you into contention I mean, territory? I mean, I think I think you're going to have to bank on those second or third year guys to make that leap because you know okay. you don't just you don't really just trade players within their second or third year. So you're if you're if you're going to draft them that high, you're banking on them saying like, okay, like you're going to be a 2010 guy, you're going to be right. a 25 per game score, etc. Blah blah blah. Right. So like, I guess I guess in a way you're going to have to build around them and see what happens. But I would say I would say by year four, maybe five of those two, you know, between those uh, rookies and sophomores or whatever, you're gonna have to eventually start moving some pieces if they haven't made that jump. You ready, Evan? I'm listening. You ready? I've been patiently waiting for this topic. Let's get it. Um, at this point in the Rockets' rebuild and where they are right now, they are at a teetering. Mm-hmm. You have to make a. You're gonna have to make a move. You're running you're, dead you're into the have to. problem that OKC was running into. They have mm-hmm. all those picks. You see, OKC is trading off picks left and right. You can't keep all of them, and you don't need all these players that turn that come from it. So my thing would be for the Rockets. I think that now would be the time to make a move, but it might not be Jalen. You might have to put together a package of Jabari Smith and Cam. Wow. Mm. And really try to go out and get another wing player like a Mikael Bridges to partner with the Jalen Green. Um, but I don't want to see Jabari go. I don't but either. just the way the roster's set up, it's it's easier to get rid of Jabari or Jalen because you have Cam and Tari. Tari Eason is the one that gets forgotten about a lot on this team. I think I think because Tari he's been Eason's injured. Be your dark horse, though. I don't think I don't think you should trade him right. No, I'm saying that that. Cam and Tari would be the replacements right. for a Jalen or a Jabari, where you can slide them in and they can go and do the same exact things. Because if you look at the PERs on this team, Singoon is 15th in the league at 22.5. Mm-hmm. Van Fleet is next on the team at 81st in the league, 16.1. That's a huge gap. Yeah. That's a huge gap. Then you get to Jabari Smith. He's at 14.3. Cam Whitmore is at 18.3, but he doesn't qualify. Tari Eason, 17.1, but again, doesn't qualify. Jalen Green is down at 13.6. This is the worst year of his career. And if you look at Cam's last 10 games, 13 points, 5 rebounds. He does not get assists. He's at half an assist. 
44% from the field, 38 from three. Mm-hmm. Cam Whitmore can be that Jalen Green replacement. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you can push Jalen to a New York, to a Brooklyn, to a team that will utilize his strengths, mm-hmm. because this Rockets team is not set up for his strengths currently with Van Fleet and Brooks being there. So that would be a good move, and then you can slide Cam Whitmore right into that starting lineup. So I, I agree with you in that Jalen Green, if there's – if there's going to be a moment where this Rockets team makes a watershed trade or a splash, it, Jalen Green's name is going to be right. tied to mm-hmm. it, whether, oh, yeah. we, whether we like it's it or have not. To be. Correct. However, I'm going to play the devil's advocate because I've been on the other side of this too many times. I've been a proponent of moving Green. I think Green's been misutilized, and I think he's been mismanaged as a prospect for Agreed. the first two years of his career in Houston with Steven yeah. Silas. However, in his defense... This is a guy who's just playing, really like, is playing NBA basketball for the first time this year, professional mm-hmm. basketball for the first time this year. When you go to the G League culture, the G League Ignite, that is, right. and you look at the way they develop a lot of these guys, it's a lot of like isolation sets. Right. It's a lot of showcasing. It's not, it's not a lot of winning basketball. And you see that because you've got some of the best prospects in that system and they still don't go into the G League playoffs and do anything. Mm-hmm. Jalen spent a year there and didn't go and play at the highest competition levels at Mm -hmm. NCAA basketball. Jalen comes in the league and basically plays AAU basketball with Steven Silas. Correct. And and Kevin No system. Now that he has Ime, you know, you got to ask yourself from a cost-benefit analysis standpoint whether it's worth it to give Jalen up for pennies on the dollar or if you owe it to the guy, if you owe it to drafting him second overall – to give this 21-year-old maybe a few months to see him figure it out and mm-hmm. see him learn how to play basketball in a winning environment. And from all the reports I've read, you know, the last four games, he's had four straight double-doubles, mm-hmm. where in the first three years of his career, he didn't have a single one. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So Ime has talked a lot about one-on-one sessions with him. You know, John Lucas is in the front office, mm-hmm. a great player, mm-hmm. mentor, development guy. Great guy. Great guy. I don't think what you can get out of Jalen right now as a depreciated asset is worth the upside of keeping him and taking him either into the summer where these draft picks and these rookie contract guys are truly maximized in this new CBA agreement Agreed. where you really can't have two max salary guys anymore. Right. It's going to just bankrupt your ability to be flexible. And like we've seen with Philly, you have the precedent of Tyrese Maxey going to restricted free agency. So mm-hmm. with Jalen Green, I think that's an option the Rockets are going to take. I, I don't know. I think a trade that you're more likely to see from them, having followed the team pretty closely this year, is something along the lines of a Jashon Tate. Maybe that first-round draft pick that the Nets is projected to be bottom eight, which would have a 25% chance of landing top four. And perhaps Cam Whitmore, maybe Amen. God, I hope not Jabari. I think Jabari is going to be – he's going to take a jump soon, man. I I really like Jabari, too. I I don't – I don't want to get rid of Jabari. But he's the most attractive trade piece on the team. If you really look at the entire scope of the team, Jabari's the one. If I'm a GM of another team, That's I might not after. want Jalen. I think I might want Jabari. Mm-hmm. You guys hear about the Knicks 
proposing Quentin fucking Grimes for <laughs> yeah. Charlie Eason? Yeah. Hell, what are y'all yeah. smoking, bro? No. Yeah, that was no, awful. No, 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 that doesn't no. make this any is, sense. This isn't New you, York you where the rats it. pick up pieces of pizza and dra- you're not taking Tari Eason from us. I'm you sorry, can, it's you not going to happen. Do Quentin Grimes for Jay Sean Tate, but you are not doing no Tari Eason. I actually no have a way. trade for you guys that I thought of. I don't know how the salary works out because I couldn't figure out how to make the salaries work. Um, but. Charlotte and Houston make a trade. Okay. We get LaMelo Ball. Mm. Fred Van Fleet. Fred. And you got to either send Jabari or Tari to Charlotte along with future first round picks. Probably both. Probably both. But we would get LaMelo back to pair him with Singoon and Jalen in that scenario. Realistically... I mean, yes, you would probably have to give up both, but if in a in a dream world, it would be Fred, Tari, and some picks. Because, Correct. Because you because we would want to keep Jabari. You would want to keep Jabari, but the other team is going to want Jabari. Yeah. Again, like let me go from the other side of this here. What's Charlotte's incentive to bring in a guy who just signed a five year max salary contract into to Red lose? Lee? Yeah. To lose. That's an expensive losing ticket, brother. The Charlotte has done dumber. They drafted Adam Morrison at three. True, but the second best player in NBA history, Michael Jordan's not dragging their front office down anymore. So I, I don't know who's making y'all, that y'all decision. I'm going to say Michael done got out of there real but quick. That, but see, does, do you believe in Brandon Miller then? Because are Brandon they Miller turning is, at the corner? Brandon Miller is I think, solid. I think Cam He's Whitmore solid. is a better prospect than Brandon Miller. I think right. Cam, Cam Whitmore right now, if you redo the draft from what we've seen. He was a steal. It's Wemby and then Cam. Mm-hmm. A lot. A lot, of, a lot of players in that draft class are saying that right now. Agree, because Cam Ben had the. T- they said it before the draft. Oh, Cam Whitmore should be a top, top five, top pick. five. But then he ends up sliding, to 20. sliding, sliding out the lottery, and Houston snatches him up. So I mean, it's the same thing as when Singoon was drafted. Except he was drafted by OKC, but mm-hmm. that's the same type of thing. Like guys like that will slip through the cracks, and then you snatch them up. But at a certain point, guys. Gonna have to probably get rid of Jalen Green. <laughs> Y'all think there's any? This is something that I asked Nabil, and, and he disagreed with me. But I, I think it's fair to ask: Is there any chance this front office doesn't envision Shangun as the centerpiece right now? If they're crazy, they were crazy when they started Bruno Fernando over him <laughs> last year. That that's what scares me about the Rockets. Like what pissed me off about that rebuild is that you bring in a guy like Shangun, and he's sitting he's sitting multiple games behind. Christian Wood. Christian Wood, yeah. Uh, there was another guy. That Christian Wood signing was ridiculous. There was another big guy. I forgot his name. But but basically, he's he's like he's the fourth string. Yeah. Behind no, behind them? Yeah. No, absolutely not. So, like you, I mean, they'd be smoking dope if they don't make him your centerpiece. The Rockets have been mismanaged for years. For yeah. years. Like, we traded for an injured T-Mac in the past. Like, T-Mac was injured before he ever got to Houston. I don't know why we made that trade. That was ridiculous. It was You were weighing the options of T-Mac's knee versus Steve Francis's crack pipe. It, it was a tough decision, but... <laughs> it wasn't a very tough decision. The crack pipe is always going to win. Yeah, it did. Um, man, there's some stories I'm not going to get into on camera. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Y'all seen that picture of that. him post career? It was boy, it, it's boy, rough for boy, Stevie boy, franchise. Boy. Indeed. Y'all mentioned a player. So if we talked about Shangun, let me expand on that point. Alperin Shangun, like mm-hmm. elevator pitch me. Who is Alperin Shangun? Who do you see as a basketball player when you watch him? We see a potential homegrown centerpiece guy that I think Houstonians are going to embrace going mm-hmm. forward. 
if the front office allows it. Yeah, what do you guys see here? As far as him, as far as like a player comp from someone in the past, um, Jokic is the obvious yeah, comparison yeah, currently. But someone that comes from the past, talking, pass the ball, playing the post. If man, it's, it's 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 a real short. He's list. he's like a one of one though. It's it's a it's, it's a, a hard thing. List. He's a one of he's truly a one of one. Like I want to say Dirk, but he can't shoot like Dirk. I mean, I mean, if he's better on the yeah. block. If than any, Dirk, if anything, yeah. maybe like a maybe a smidget of Timmy. Tim, the big fundamental. A smidget. D- Evan, you you up in some high altitude right here when we a start smidget. talking about Timmy Duncan, a man. Smidget. A smidget. I didn't say he was Tim. I said a smidget, because you got to think about it. He can he can score. He use. I mean, he's he's very fundamental for his size too. He is. He is. That's why I said a smidget. A, a smidgen. A, a smidgen. A not small, not the greatest small, power forward to ever live. A, sm- a very but a small smidgen. A very small grain. But like, yes. Yeah. Oh man. Or maybe even like a Kevin McHale would probably be a better comparison for him. Someone from the real old school. Maybe McHale, Sabonis's dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Components of. I mean, dare I say, Hakeem with that footwork. Y'all Ooh. see the way the way he spins off guys mm-hmm. in the yeah. baseline. Spins back, up fakes, head fakes. You just this is an era of basketball. Like you don't see guys post up with their back to the basket anymore. You don't. Never, right? Like everything saw, is three pointing out. We saw the center phased out after 2013, and it's almost like basketball is circling in on itself, and we're seeing the return of dominance. It's coming Victor, back, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's Jokic or Embiid being the last two MVP candidates, even Giannis mm-hmm. playing a sort of dominant Shaq light role at the four. Wemby, um, Chet. Wemby and mm-hmm. Chet, man. That OKC game is with San Antonio was fun. Dude. Watching those two just Neanderthals go after each other was fun. So, Al P, add his name to the list. I think All-Star snub this year for sure. Mm-hmm. But a center giving you 22-9-6 on the splits he's giving you. The best player on the Rockets team that has been the worst team in the league the last three years in a row. Agreed. He's been the face of this turnaround. And you want to talk about guys who are going to be in that most improved player running. I think he's right up there with maybe two other guys on that list. Nice. Yeah. I. You know what, Val? I want to ask you something. This is an underrated prospect that I feel like is being wasted. If you're the Rockets, would you think about going and get Jaden Ivey out of Detroit? I don't know if Mm-mm. Detroit wants to sell on him yet. Mm-mm. Because but they're not going anywhere currently with Cade and the team they have. So I would think since Monty doesn't seem to want to keep him off the bench, I don't understand that. But, but you got to remember the Rockets already have a plethora of guards. But are any of those guards as good as has the ceiling of what Jaden Ivey Oh, has? ceiling. I think Green still yeah. has a higher ceiling than mm-hmm. Ivy. Whether he's going to reach it is a huge question mark. Mm-hmm. But this is what the Rockets need. If you want, If you guys are talking about – transforming this team into a legitimate championship contender. Mm-hmm. We stop screwing around with the play and talk and we go to the next level. Number one, you need size. You mm-hmm. need a backup center that can play in the NBA. You don't have one. Jock Londell is not that guy. No. Boban is not that guy. Boban, the Boban signs at Toyota center will live on forever, <laughs> but he's not that guy, he's right? Not that guy. He's not that guy. So you need a backup big number one. They, they've been linked to Robert Williams in the past out of Charlotte. Andre Drummond. Andre has been, Drummond has been, has been, been a big one. Kelly Olenek, I think is mm-hmm. a realistic one for this year at least. And then on top of that, you need a guard who can score the fucking basket. I'm sorry. Can you guys curse on yeah, this podcast? Yeah, yeah. You got to be able to score the fucking ball. This team is one Jalen Green third year leap away from being a top five to six team in the Agreed. West. Mm-hmm. 
And the fact that you didn't get that, you actually got a Jalen Green regression, is the most frustrating part of watching this season. And if you look at it from a macrocosm standpoint, it's been the biggest failure of this organization, which mm -hmm. has been not properly valuating the young talent you have on this team. Correct. We, we don't know what any of these guys, other than Shangun, like we really don't know what we have, right? Thompson, you don't know about. Amen, the ankle injury, out of your hands. He's kind of buried on the bench. Cam Whitmore, he really only started playing the last 15 games of the season. Correct. And has been getting, getting buckets. He's been getting busy these 20, past few just games. Just in 20 minutes a game, he's giving you almost double-digit scoring on 50% plus clip. Mm. So you're going to see a lot more of him as well. Mm-hmm. But Jabari, you're not sure what's there. Jalen, you're not sure what's there. And Tari, I mean, Tari is giving you all the 10.7 rebounds, 50-50 ball, intangibles. He's doing all that without any system. Correct. Mm -hmm. And I think Tari is one of those guys. If you want to talk about flipping a roster and winning you a playoff game or two, I called him the Trevor Ariza of the L.A. Lakers on our podcast because I think that's exactly the kind of guy he can I be for like you. I like that. I like that a lot. And the fact that he looks so promising on a, you know, wishy-washy roster speaks volumes about what I think he'll be mm -hmm. in a winning system once he fills that body out more. So I think personally, you keep this roster generally the same if you're the Rockets. Mm -hmm. You wait to see what you really have in these players under Ime and this veteran leadership that's only been in-house for, what, four months mm -hmm. so yeah. far? And you work around the edges of your roster. You move Jay Sean Tate and maybe a pick for a legitimate center. Mm -hmm. uh, you talk about maintaining your flexibility in being able to move a young prospect for, I don't know if you can get a Mikhail Bridges. I don't know if you can get a Trey Young. I don't know if you can get, I think DeJount, someone like DeJounte Murray right. is a realistic target if you're looking at dumping those Brooklyn assets and picking up another guy. Mm -hmm. But for right now, if I had to predict what's going to happen come trade deadline, no splash. I don't think so either. No, nah, not this uh, year. No, not no. this year. It's probably ne next year. Next year, this time, if this team is performing like this, oh yeah, it's it's gonna be some it's people getting up. It's time, it's time, it's time sure. to get some furniture moving. T it's Til <laughs> Tillman has proven that he is not a patient owner when it comes to mm -hmm. putting winning pieces on the table, uh, in a negative way. That is correct. Yeah, correct. Um, man, I just. I just wish that the Rockets would just make I, – I really want to see Mikael Bridges down here. He I think he's the perfect that. fit uh, yeah, for this yeah. team. Perfect. Yes, He can absolutely. play defense. He can score the ball. He doesn't need the ball in his hand necessarily all the time. Yep. Yes, it'll, allow, it'll unlock Jalen's game because now it's like, all right, Jalen, the offense is you and Singoon. You do what you need to do. I'll be over here when y'all need me to bail y'all out. And I can also defend the best player. Me and Brooks can defend the best two offensive players on the other end of the floor to save your legs. Because Singoon's next step as a player is to become a better defender. Yeah. Yep, it's going to have to be. He, he's taking steps in the right direction mm -hmm. this year, but consistency is key for him. You're right. Um, how do y'all feel about having the NBA villain on this team? Has it been, I'll say, being live at a I'll, Rockets game, Dylan Brooks changes the entire game day experience. Dylan the villain. Me. I'll be honest. So going into this summer, it was it was clear that we needed to make a change. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about it off camera about the whole yeah. KPJ thing because we said, like, you know, with, with the Rockets bringing in Fred, you know, Freddie V, where's that going to move KPJ? And it just so happened that he moved himself 
off the Rockets, but he, we don't have to. We don't have to go. He's into not that. emotionally mature enough but to handle it. Kenyon Martin's dad said it's the best thing that happened for, for sure. this entire roster. So, Agreed. so then, so then you look into getting a coach. I think, I think Ime was was the perfect fit because now, mm-hmm. kind of like you said, like you know, the last few years with, under Steven Silas, we've been we've been playing LA Fitness AAU ball, mm-hmm. right? Winning off a of talent. Ime is going to hold these guys accountable, and I don't think there's no other perfect person to really fit that mold other than Dylan Brooks, because he is that hard-nosed defensive guy. And that's only not just from the head coach, but from somebody that's on the floor, that's going to just trickle down like, okay, like if Dylan's going to play defense, I'm going to play defense. Correct. It just just goes just in a a huge just – I mean, it just looks amazing right now. Like you actually see that they want to play. Like they show effort on defensive end. Now, I mean, sometimes does it really result in it? Because, I mean, some teams are still averaging – 115, 120, but the effort is there. Mm-hmm. So through the first 15 games of the season, they were a top six defense in the league yeah. until injuries hit. Solid. And then, you know, the rest of the roster kind of dismantled Solid. from there. But you see the foundation being built. You see it. And for a team that y- y'all remember in free agency, people were dogging the Rockets, man. Yeah. They were saying, like, you can either go to Miami and, like, have that culture or you can go hoop on the playground with, like, that organization. Correct. Their style. Them guys over there. More than anything else this year, I think this has been a rebranding campaign. And For sure. it's, it's been a success at that, man. It's been fun I to agree. see. Yeah. It's been a very good time watching the Rockets, man. I look forward to seeing where the future yeah, holds. I look and forward to it too. A blessing in disguise that we did not get that number two pick and take Scoot Henderson. Damn. Yeah, he's yes. a bad dude. That's that actually turned yeah, out to be a blessing turn, in disguise. He's looked bad. He's turned looked very bad in Portland. Yeah. And Anthony Simons has been the best player on that team. Y'all's yeah. episode where you talked about um, is Jalen Green a top ten shooting guard? No. I posted like fifteen <laughs> shooting guards in the comment on the Instagram story. People were saying Anthony Simons has no place being on that list. What? They did. They, it was so early in the season. Was, I don't think really people were really early, yeah. paying attention. Do they know who he's signing? Like this is bucket. a twenty-five and five on fifty-five percent splits man. guy. What? Yeah. He's a walking bucket. Walking. Bucket. And he's Jalen. Still not a top ten shooting guard. Evan. <laughs> it's still the I'll truth, this, man. I'll say top this. twenty is he, questionable now. He. He really made me look bad, and not only did he make me look bad, but he may put him in a doghouse for a couple. Right days. after we had that like, conversation, right after we had the conversation, so I'm like, I'm like, fuck, dude, like it's just making me look bad. But anyway, man, I think that's all that we got. We got to get Willie a we break. Gotta, yeah, yeah, Sorry, we got to we got to get Willie some food or something. But <laughs> shout out to our man Vala for pulling up, man. Definitely, man. Appreciate and you coming. And also check out his pod, uh, Not Your Weekly Sports Pod. You can check out on Spotify. Make sure y'all tune in, man. It's Hey, appreciate you coming through. Always. Thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Even just being back with you guys and kicking back sports is a privilege. Obviously, we're going to have you all on the podcast soon. Got yeah, to. So Absolutely. Y'all stay tuned. We'll promo their episode. They'll promo us when we have them on as well. And we Absolutely. definitely got to have, we, we didn't speak about it. It was silent in the room, mm-hmm. but the shirt was loud. We're going to have this debate. Go ahead and show it off. Yeah. We're going to have this debate. Go ahead and show it off. Oh, Goat James. <laughs> the only goat there was was the man in Chicago. Oh, okay. They got called it. him Black got Jesus you. for got a you. reason. But before we go out, I I actually have a, a quick shout out. So uh, shout out to my homie J Mac out in Malvern, Arkansas. Uh, he's doing his thing with the Money Way Music Entertainment. So follow him on YouTube. If you're an up and coming artist in your local city, follow. Hit that up. Uh, but we're gonna close it out, man. I'm Evan West, and our special guest. Vala in the building. 
Make sure you like, share, subscribe, follow us on, or check us out on Spotify and Apple Music. And we out. Yes, sir. It's down, baby. My man. Good shit, guys.